Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, December 23rd. Happy Human Light, which is basically human as Christmas and makes me about as uneasy as Yule did the other day. If you don't know, humanists say they believe in morality, tolerance, freedom, reason, and science, but not God, the supernatural, or miracles. And y'all know how I'm always saying that what God wants is your faith, which is why he won't prove himself to you less than you put your faith in him first? Well, here's a primo example of why. Because if he did, the humanists wouldn't have the choice of denying him. Of course, since they're not omniscient either, they can't know he don't exist. So both positions are ones of faith, which is fine. But they also say they believe in morality, and maybe so, but they define it differently than us theists. We say moral law comes from God, the lawmaker, whose standards are way higher than ours and more than we can even live up to. Humanists say there ain't no being higher than us, so we are the moral lawgivers. But that means morality is subjective and not law, and it changes from one culture, person, or minute to the next. They'll deny this, but ask them if it's wrong to torture puppies to death, like Fauci did. And if so, why? In my experience, they can't give you a solid answer, and will probably say it's a stupid example because nobody'd ever do that, except, you know, Fauci. But you and I both know cruelty happens all the time. Matter of fact, cooking babies to death on the red-hot arms of a Moloch statue used to be the moral choice, kinda like abortion or transing your kids is today. Well, darn Bible y'all, Paul, you're just a bundle of Christmas joy, ain't you? Hey, I ain't the one parked an atheist holiday right next door to Jesus' birthday. So, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Our reading for today is Zechariah 4.1 through 5.11, Revelation 14.1 through 20, Psalm 142.1 through 7, and Proverbs 30.21 through 23. So, if y'all are ready, I asked an atheist why he celebrated Christmas if he don't believe in God. He said, why do you celebrate Valentine's Day when no one likes you? Well played, heathen. Well played. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday, on the 22nd, in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 2, 1 through 3, 10. And when we left off, God had just sent the four carpenters to beat up the four horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So in chapter 2 he says, I lifted up mine eyes again and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So more construction metaphors. And usually a measuring line means judgment's coming. But right now Israel is about to see the end of their judgment. So the Benson commentary says this guy probably represents Nehemiah because he was the one in charge of building the city walls. And Z asks him where he's going. And he says to measure Jerusalem. And the angel that had been talking with Z and another angel went out to meet him and told him to explain to Zechariah that Israel is finally going to be safe and be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and the cattle therein. For the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, so she'll have God's protection once again. Which makes me think it's not Nehemiah because he talks like there's going to be no walls and there will be walls. He just said they'd be as a town with no walls. But anyway, God then calls for all of Israel to return to Jerusalem from Babylon and from being scattered, because Babylon's going down. And in chapter 3, he says, And he shewed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. And notice there's two lords here. 
one Lord says for another Lord to rebuke him. So, Christophany probably. And speaking of the Jewish remnant, he says, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? In other words, saved from destruction. He says, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And that's because of the sins of the people, because he's the high priest, remember? But the angel, probably Jesus, but I'm not sure, there were two of them there, said, give him some clean clothes and put a crown on his head. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua. He begged him to act right, probably, saying, if y'all will just follow the Lord, everything will be all right. And what's interesting is he doesn't bring up what happens if they don't. He just goes straight into prophecies of the Messiah. Says here now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. He's saying they, and particularly Joshua, are meant to be signs or types. Then he says, Behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch, and branches in all caps in the King James, so obviously Jesus, of whom Joshua is a type. And verse 9 says, For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Probably the cornerstone, which is probably Jesus. And the seven eyes are mentioned in Revelation as being the seven spirits of God, which I think is probably the case here. Or it could just refer to God's perfect watchfulness over his people. But I'm less convinced of that. And verse 10, he wraps up by saying, basically, in that day, everything's going to be fine. So sing for joy, daughter of Zion. My servant, the branch, literally sprout, is coming and you will know it. Exhort it to do this now, though the temple isn't built. And it'll be another 75 years or so before the walls go up. Essentially, sing for joy now because it's as good as done, even though you don't see it yet. The just shall walk by faith. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 13, 1 through 18. And this is about the two beasts. And verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And that should be translated, he stood, meaning John saw the beast standing on the sand of the sea. It's not critical, but it's there. Anyway, this thing crawls out of the sea and stands on the land. So, out of the Gentile world and approaching, or coming for the Jews. But anyway, the ten horns are ten kings, and the seven heads are seven kingdoms. And in verse 2, the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. Lion, bear, leopard, same as in Daniel's dream, but reversed. Maybe because Dan was looking into the future, and the revelation of Jesus would be looking back. Or maybe it means nothing. Either way, this is the Antichrist, and Satan gives him his power. Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And Zechariah 11.17, which we ain't got to yet, mentions this. It says, Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. So the beast gets a head wound. And what I've got pictured is somebody tries to assassinate him and shoots him in the head. And either kills him and he comes back to life, or everybody thinks he's dead. And when he recovers, they think he came back. Either way, he's got some paralysis on the right side of his body in his eye and his arm. And verse 4 says, And they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? They worship Satan because of all this. Verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. 
There's that three and a half years again. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Does that mean the church is now in heaven? Or just that some of the church is in heaven like usual? I don't know. But verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. So he does miracles. And they'd have to be for real miracles to impress our jaded culture. And that's why Jesus said it's a wicked generation that chases after signs and wonders. Because if that's all you want, the devil will show you plenty. And verse 15, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So he makes them build a statue of him, then makes it come to life, and then forces them to worship it or die. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And I don't know how many books have been written on what this exactly is, but it's a lot. More than you want to read, that's for sure. And this is a fantastic way to get sidetracked into some real unimportant territory. Like, I remember when barcodes first came out, somebody noticed that your regular standard barcode used sixes as separators at the beginning, middle, and end. So, 666. And when computer chips got small enough, somebody noticed that the word for mark is the same word for etching, like how computer chips are etched. Especially when they learned how to power them using the energy from body heat. So, the general consensus right now is the mark is some kind of RFID chip, like the trackers people inject into their pets with your digital wallet on it. And maybe it is. But that misses the point. The point is, you have to consciously identify yourself with him. Which is probably why it's in the right hand or the head. The right hand, because that's where he's paralyzed. And the head, because of his eye. And because not everybody has a right hand. But everybody's got a head. Till they don't, anyway. And verse 18, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. So what's that mean? Don't know. Nobody else does either. It's the number of his name, so maybe his name in Greek or Hebrew adds up to six six six. And there's sixes all over the Bible, used symbolically. Six is the number of man, and the Sabbath is six days plus one. Goliath with six cubits had a six shekel spear, six pieces of armor. Nebuchadnezzar's image was sixty cubits high and six cubits wide. And when they played music to it, there were six instruments of music, including, but not limited to, the sack butt. <laughs> it makes me laugh, too. And there's a Brazilian theories on what this is. And y'all feel free to track them all down on your own. <laughs> but I got to work tomorrow. Bottom line, it probably won't be an issue for the church. But just in case, I'd avoid getting chipped. I mean, I'm betting some people will when they're born and can't decide for themselves. And soldiers get chipped now. Just a chip is not the issue. It's the siding with the beast and agreeing to worship Satan. For these post-church people, that's a deal breaker. The church can repent, but these people can't, apparently. Which is why I think the church isn't around by this point. And all I can say is, Lord, give us boldness to stand and get your word out for the salvation of as many as possible while there is still time. Amen. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 141, 1-10. And that's a Psalm of David. And he's praying for help in controlling his passions and lusts. 
He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And y'all need to pray that for me. He says, incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. And then he starts praying for salvation from his enemies, which makes me think he blames his own sin for whatever trouble he's in. And that's deep. Words reveal what's in our heart in abundance and puts us on a course probably not of our choosing. Our tongue's like a rudder. Remember James said this little thing can change the course of our lives for good or for evil. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, 18 through 20. And that says, There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. And we have eagles around here, but we also have pelicans. And they have this trick they do where they just hover and hang in the air and don't move. And I can't figure that out. It's this ginormous bird just sitting there in midair. And you'll say they're just facing the wind and give me all the aeronautical data to back that up. And maybe, but I've seen them do it with the wind, against the wind, and with no wind. So till I learn different, I'm just going to say they do it because they can. I mean, I would. Anyway, verse 20, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. And this last verse goes with the mother too, but it's not obvious. He's just saying he don't know how somebody can be such a betrayer and think they've done nothing wrong. But the world is full of people like that. And notice his four comparison examples are not things that are complete mysteries, but are all things that take some figuring out. They're all things you have to study to really get a handle on. Anybody can sail a ship, but not just anybody can sail a ship, for example. It's an art, like talking to girls. Just like how somebody can do you dirty and blame you for it. You have to really think on that to figure it out, usually. There's an art to understanding human behavior. And that's some amazing writing. You know, and I see this as natural design. The eagle in the air, the snake on a rock, a ship at sea, and a guy that likes a girl. This last one makes lots of money in the movie industry. This is natural order, natural design, things to marvel at. It's God's creation. The way of a cheating married woman. She won't keep her vows. Natural design twisted beyond recognition. And we've been reading the Word together for almost a year now. And we read the Word to develop a good conscience. So we can keep our vows. We can keep our Word and pursue our peace with God. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 23rd is Zechariah 4.1-5.11. through 511. And the angel that talked with me came again, and waked me, as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice, and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I, and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick, and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again, and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me, and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Chapter 5 Then I turned, and lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a flying roll. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I answered, I see a flying roll. The length thereof is twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof ten cubits. Then he said unto me, This is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. For every one that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side according to it. And every one that sweareth shall be cut off as on that side according to it. I will bring it forth, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter into the house of the thief, and into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name. And it shall remain in the midst of his house, and shall consume it with the timber thereof, and the stones thereof. Then the angel that talked with me went forth, and said unto me, Lift up now thine eyes, and see what is this that goeth forth. And I said, What is it? And he said, This is an ephah that goeth forth. He said, Moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. And behold, there was lifted up a talent of lead. And this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah. And he said, This is wickedness. And he cast it into the midst of the ephah. And he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth thereof. Then lifted I up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came out two women, and the wind was in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heaven. Then said I to the angel that talked with me, Whither do these bear the ephah? And he said unto me, To build it an house in the land of Shinar, and it shall be established and set there upon her own base. Our reading in the New Testament for December 23rd is Revelation 14, 1-20. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand, which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. 
and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Our reading in Psalms for December 23rd is Psalm 142, 1-7. Maskell of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I shewed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And our reading in Proverbs for December 23rd is Proverbs 30, 21-23. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, for an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. And that'll do it for the 23rd. All right, y'all, let's do that 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Ecclesiastes 3.6, which says, A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how the Lord cares for us. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, Jesus told us to take no thought for our need for food and shelter. For just as you care for the birds and flowers, you care for your children. Your word also cautions us to love not the world nor the things in it, even our lives unto death. For time will come when our lives will be required of us, perhaps even for your name's sake. Teach us, Lord, to not love the temporal that dies and blows away, but to cling to you, in whom is everlasting life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen.
You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, what I really need you to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Stop. What? Be stomping your feet. (laughs) My feet are bothering me. Well, can't talk while you're doing that. Just get them all shooken up. (laughs) Fine, shake your feet. We've got to hold up the review for feet shaking. <laughs>